Welcome to Hidden Tracks with Robin LaRose, the little heard stories behind the music, the artists, and their work. Hi, it's Robin LaRose. In this episode of Hidden Tracks, special guest Robert Plants, who I think uh, needs no introduction, or uh, shall I say co-founder and frontman for one of the greatest bands in the history of rock and roll. Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant is releasing a limited edition vinyl single box set called Digging Deep on December 13th. That includes 16 tracks from his solo career across uh, eight seven-inch vinyl singles, two of which actually come from uh, the Mighty Rearranger album, Tin Pan Valley and Shine It All Around, which I, I happen to love this album, of all of his solo albums, for a variety of reasons. It was, it was chosen as one of Amazon.com's top 100 editor picks, nominated for two Grammys, too, so it's, uh, it's worth a listen or a re-listen. Not to mention, that's what he wanted to talk about, along with uh, Iceland, John Bonham, his solo career, and what it means to be successful after Led Zeppelin. Hidden Tracks with Robert Plant. Okay, let's try it. Well, yeah, good morning to you. So what time is it there? It is uh, about 22 minutes to 9 o'clock coast time. Oh, jolly good. Well, it's about um, eight hours plus in England, so let's go. (laughs) What time zone are you in? Kind of half English, and uh, (laughs) bit by bit now, I'm becoming more and more acclimatized to this uh, East Coast phenomena. And it's so beautiful over here now. Um, The weather's very, it puts you in a good frame of mind. Although I am quite tired, you know, I'm working a lot. So, but it's good. It's great. Glad to hear. Thank you. As uh, do most people when looking for a new album by an artist uh, such as your stature under the P for Plants and the album title Mighty Rearranger, a lot of people go, hmm, what does that mean? What is the meaning behind uh, the title or the thought or the person? Or is it a person or a thought? I would say, uh, you know, you spend a lot of time in life contemplating the future, thinking about the times that have passed by, thinking about all your friends and your family and the movement of time and the chance and all the luck and all the love in the world and stuff. And in the end, you realize that the whole thing is just has its own, our lives have their own momentum and their own um, speed or <clears throat> chance, fortune, And it seems like it's all written already. And it seems like if you were ever going to be wax lyrical or poetic about anything at all, you'd say it's a guy, you know, it's great. The great infinite is the mighty rearranger. It's more like a sort of uh, fate and chance. The title track uh, is the mighty rearranger. Uh, And it takes that thought, I'm sure, musically a little bit further. It's it's very playful, skiffle-like, R&B-ish, bluesy with uh, piano licks, uh, some harp drumsticks on the rim. Uh, There's even a touch of, uh, at least to my ear, a touch of honey drippers as well. Well, I don't, uh, <clears throat> maybe that's so because of the swing feel of the rhythm, but um, mm-hmm. the guitar, the guitar line, which is the the line that the vocal follows all the way through, is really sort of 1952 Howlin' Wolf. So it is more like a kind of uh, West Coast. Um, Crown Records Shuffle Before the Wolf Actually when the Wolf Was being recorded By Ike Turner For Sun Records um, Before he went to Chicago With the Chess Brothers and, and started turning out All that smokestack lightning I mean it's based on A kind of rhythm and blues shuffle 
Yeah, but uh, <clears throat> not so much honey drippers because the honey drippers was kind of smooth, very, um, very white, if you like, bit, uh, a bit, I don't know, um, saccharin. But this is not. Honey drippers a long time ago, twenty plus uh, years, of course, and uh, yeah, but I mean. Uh, isn't that amazing? It still sounds pretty good. I know it does. You know, 1984, and that was, that was such a big album for you after the uh, demise of Zeppelin and uh, Sea of mm -hmm. Love, a number one song for you at the time on... Schmooze, though. It's all schmooze. We don't <laughs> want any of that stuff anymore. Get, <laughs> kick it out. As far as the charts go and chart success or lack thereof, you don't really care, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, success is, is the way that you hold yourself among your peers the way that you do what you do if you believe in what you do uh, hanging on to success by repetition and by some kind of crass means you know dipping more and more towards middle-aged cabaret is not my idea of how i began as a kid and how we kind of teleported our, our talent through led zeppelin nor what i've done since and um and I've had some amazing stuff going on uh, in these last few years. The last few years, really, I suppose, of my singing life, I have really begun to learn stuff again. And I've, I've found a new place to go, which has been so stimulating. I've been in the deserts of West Africa. I've been in southern Morocco. I've been up in the north, uh, in the polar regions of Norway, playing. I've, done, I've met so many different kinds of musicians and music. And today, when I got in the car to come here to this radio station to talk to you, people said, hey, you got the, the highest new entry in the Italian album charts. You're number one in Malta, number six in Iceland. <laughs> and it's because I go to these places, out-of-the-way places, and I play some amazing gigs in the most amazing places. So, you know, if I made an album of cabaret, honey drippers, schmooze ballads with an orchestra and wore a penguin suit, you know, I know where that takes you, <laughs> uh, and I don't think that's the right place to be, really. Um, so, yeah, my success is I'm a very happy singer and writer, and I've found a new place to go, which makes me feel good. Regarding your peers, um, I've heard that you're somewhat unimpressed with what's been released. Uh, there's been a lot of compromise and uh, leaving behind the original call of arms, if I can put it that way. Would you agree? Well, that's for every individual to make an assessment one way or another. I mean, there are people still really kicking ass and doing real good, testy stuff, great music. Mm -hmm. And there are people who decide that there's another way of doing it and it gets a little bit um, uh, too close to cabaret, really, for me. As a I mean, if you start if you start like that, that's okay. I can understand that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but even Bobby Darren went the other way. He went from schmooze into suddenly realizing that he got a gift, and um, and he wasn't really using it with enough imagination. So he even at that late stage in his career, he managed to change horses in the opposite direction. But yeah, you know, there's a lot of repetition, and and if you're not careful with the general public's wish to see and hear artists repeating their former glories, it can become a little bit of a kind of uh, fairground one-trick pony. 
As a reference point, uh, Zeppelin's call of arms was, and you've carried that, I'm sure, right through to your solo projects and to present day as well. What would you say the Zeppelin call of arms was? Just to have fun, a lot of energy, and go out and just do it. Well, yeah, but I mean, we we had a lot of musical resources, and we we traveled in less frequented places, Jimmy and I especially, and um, we wanted to bring something fresh to the turntables every time we made a record. So we really were mostly concerned with stimulating ourselves. And you can hear that from through all the Zeppelin albums. You need I mean, now we're supposed to be mainstream heritage rock, but in truth, uh, the stations that play heritage rock will not be playing the more obscure Zeppelin stuff because they think that it ain't what people want. It's an optic, it's an audio illusion. People need to be stimulated. When I first came to Canada, um, radio stations were very much more, uh, um, uh, um, I suppose, uh, free. The formats and the whole deal of radio was so much more um, uh, exciting then, and and Led Zeppelin was part of that era, where we were able to do whatever we wanted to do, and the radio followed it through. So it was cool, and um, one wonders whether or not, if we didn't play the corporate game, which we never did, maybe it, it wouldn't exist today. Maybe Zeppelin couldn't, if it if we came along in this day and age, maybe we wouldn't be able to function quite so well because we wouldn't be playing the same game. Hidden Tracks with special guest Robert Plant. His latest release, Digging Deep, will be available December 13th. It's a compilation of 16 songs covering his solo career across eight 7-inch vinyl singles. Two songs from the Mighty Rearranger album of 2005 included. One is called Tin Pan Valley. Turning down the talk show The humor and the couch I'm moving up to That's a pretty heady lyric. Leaving the past behind? Uh, well, no. I mean, I'm, I'm leaving this minute behind because I'm going into this one. So it's all about movement, you know. And it's all about what you do if you, you know. You just got to keep moving, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that there'll be people who will accept that as being the currency of... of um, if there is any artistry and any... Um, sort of uh, anything stimulating about what we do it should be about change and uh, a new invention you said recently in an interview and you touched on it just a few moments ago uh, on iceland uh, there's intrigue in the music which is a, a fantastic bed to lie in and uh, you also mentioned you're very pleased you're still learning have the ability and facility to learn uh, mm. about making music after so much success you don't want to slow down you uh you just want to keep oh, learning. It isn't a matter of going faster or slower. It's just a matter of keeping learning. your sensory perception open so that you can actually stimulate yourself. Because it, it's a pretty... If you just end up, you know, on, on that sort of circuit of repetition, then there's no point in doing it. Better to be a good tennis player. <laughs> or a golf player. Oh, no. 
<laughs> no, you meet the wrong people in golf, I'm sure. <laughs> I think in this interview that I was watching the other day, uh, you did on Icelandic TV, somebody was asking you about the immigrant song, and you said, no, that's something that was done on the links down in Southern California or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so, pal. <laughs> no, I remember exactly what happened. <clears throat> yeah. Where, but, did, uh, yeah. where did you get those lyrics for that particular song? From the land of the ice and snow. Well, I was playing in Iceland, and it was a um, most amazing uh, environment. And, you know, when I was there two weeks ago, uh, it was n the first day of summer, and it was a national holiday. And it was quite interesting because the people are very, very soulful, and they have a way of appreciating the warmth and the long days of sunlight and stuff like that. And it's a totally different culture, and it does. There is a lot of the remnant of that kind of Viking culture there. The people are quite intriguing. And I was, um, yeah, I kind of visited them in every respect, really. I was very stimulated. I thought, it's great. I can understand where the immigrant song came from. Also, I mean, we were the same age as our audience then, and the whole of the world was on the move. We were all changing things, you know. Um, it wasn't such a capitalistically sort of focused youth culture. So there was a lot of movement going on. So you can go from the Norse sagas to Buffalo Springfield in a, in a jump, in a flash. My seven-year-old nephew uh, spouts out the lyrics to that song on his way to uh, hockey practice at 6.30 in the morning. I think it's pretty cute. Um, yeah, that's good. Isn't that amazing that how much, it stands the test of time, a track like that, and a seven-year-old just uh, can get pumped up and uh, enjoy it? And Musically speaking, of course, he's not understanding the lyrics, but uh, it's, I find it quite incredible that it stands the test of time. Yeah, I know. It's great, isn't it? I mean, and you'd never have known it at the time. We just did what we did. <clears throat> I mean, there must have been some amazing chemical combinations because nothing is done to last any length of time, you know. Fascinating man. Part two of Robert Plant comes next week on Hidden Tracks. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hidden Tracks podcast with Robin LaRose. Subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and everywhere you find your podcasts.